Hello and welcome back to the Green and Mullen Show. I've got Sam with me who's just sipping some delightful beer 52, which we'll talk about very, very shortly. Mm. But we've just done a podcast with Fumby. Fumby is a massive comedian in London. Who's a Fumby or Matteo. What a man. What a man. And he's lovely as well, wasn't he? He was very lovely and he was funny, which you would say to be expected. But it was actually quite a pleasant interview slash podcast, depending on how you've uh, listened to this uh, recording. But Sam, I think his passion for comedy, his passion for Newcastle and his drive, I think, and determination to succeed was what came through, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, big Newcastle fan. Really, really good, good guy. Really good comedian. bit intimidated by him, actually, because it's not very often I'm not the funniest man on screen. So it was... Um, it, it was kind of put me back in my box a little bit, but um, no, he's, he was he's an absolute absolute top top bloke as you'll as you'll hear as as everyone that we've had on is just awesome to give up their time for us. But yeah, go and check out his stuff on YouTube. Fumbi Omateo is his YouTube channel. There's some good sets on there. I've, I've watched them myself. Really good. Recommend them. You might have hit a bang just there with fireworks like we're recording this. No. <laughs> and then he pooed myself there, but uh, no, it, uh, Fumby was absolutely brilliant. Um, <laughs> and the sound was looking at me laughing as well. Just oh, he's got the fright of me life there. Literally, I just wasn't yeah, expecting it. Was just so yourself, as you said, it was the way you said pooed. <laughs> so, yeah, if you, if you hear that in the background, apologies. Um, but in all seriousness, uh, Sam. We're recording this just a day before the Southampton game. He's got his thoughts on Alan St. Maximum, Steve Bruce, Callum Wilson. Um, the perfect preview, really, for the Southampton game. Hopefully, we're discussing a win now while this is coming out on a, a, a Tuesday near you. <laughs> but... Yeah, Tuesday towards the end of November. So, um, <laughs> probably coming out of the international break where England didn't have any Newcastle players. So, who cares what England did? But yeah, I mean, he's he's really, really passionate and really knowledgeable about um, about Newcastle United. Um, I I had vision. I wanted to talk to him at length about Dave Chappelle and, and Richard Pryor, but Fumby's all about the tune, isn't he? It's um, yeah, he's got some strong opinions, and of course, you could see him with our good friend Fordy on Geordie's Down South on YouTube as well. So go and check them out, of course, and also check out BF Fifty Two. They are our main sponsors, and a big thanks to them for the last few months as well. Even through lockdown, they are still being very busy making sure that they get all their beers, IPAs, stouts, and lagers available to anyone. It's what are your two favourite things about Beer 52? Go. You've asked me this before. I told no, you. I asked you four, four favourite things. I'm only asking you two this time to put you on the spot. Well, I, obviously, I prefer the IPAs. I'm more of an IPA man myself, Sam. Mm -hmm. But... Um, but but I actually like the fact that they changed their brand and they changed everything in terms with um, what relevant season we're in. And obviously Christmas is coming up and obviously everyone needs to try and get a bit of a high level of spirit for the last couple of months of 2020 and try and get the best 2021 we could ever possibly have, Sam. And that's going to be the case with the Green and Mulner show as well. We're going to try and make 2021 the, probably the best year we can with the Green and Mulner show. But... Even so, we've got some fantastic guests potentially lined up for the rest of 2020, haven't we? Yeah. Um, every time I name them, sometimes, well, twice now we've named a guest, and twice, uh, and it's not 
come off for some for whatever reason. Um, so I'm not going to name them now. But yeah, we've got two, possibly three guests locked in, and then working on something big. And then we've got a Christmas special. Then we're done until January. So that's good. We should just mention as well. We we were musing about Beer Fifty Two, but we didn't give the website. So it's Beer Fifty Two dot com forward slash NFTV. Five ninety five postage for eight cans of loveliness. And do you know what they sell on their website, Johnny? What do they sell on their website, Sam? They sell a beer advent calendar. The perfect stocking filler for over 18s, of course. Uh, make sure you get involved with the beer advent calendar from beer52.com forward slash NFTV. So this is the Green and Mulder show with Fumby. Hello everyone, welcome to the Greenwood and Milner show here on Newcastle Fans TV. I am your host, Jonathan Greenwood, alongside my co-host Sam Milner, and we've got a very special guest. We've got our first comedian on the Greenwood <laughs> and Milner show, and you can hear his laugh. His laugh is very infectious. You'll hear that throughout <laughs> the next 40-45 minutes of show. It is Fumby. Fumby, welcome to the Greenwood and Thank Milner you. show. Thank you for having me, man. I'm excited to be here. Hello. How's it been? How was your first day of the second lockdown, as we as we're calling it, but um, yeah, it's been it's been lockdown. tough, hasn't it? Lockdown two, as everyone's calling it. It sounds like a movie, you know. You guys are going to lockdown two? It's gonna star in all of us. Yeah, um, first day. It doesn't feel like the last one. I feel like we feel like whatever. It's like a month off, I guess. They're not stopping the football, so that's cool. But yeah, we're here, man. Just trying to soldier on. We're soldiering on, of course, and Sam Muller is a course soldiering on. Yeah, see, he's off for a month now, and he's going to enjoy lash the national. Not lockdown two, lash down two, lash harder. Lash down two. He's going to enjoy the next four weeks of, you know, football, international football, uh, is it, isn't it? everything really, aren't you, Sam? Yeah, because unlike last time, we've still got football, and we, well, we've still got sport, so it's not going to be as painful as you know. You've just got to sit up all day and you know build railway tracks with your three-year-old. <laughs> it, you, there's actually stuff on, but I'm guessing for me, for you, that it's been a bit of a difficult time because you you can't do any gigs. Yeah, and the funny thing is, gigs were starting to come back, and Christmas is the best time to gig because you get to do you know the gigs where everyone's drunk and no one's really listening, but you get paid well enough. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and so that you know you were kind of looking forward to that at least coming back somewhat you know decent, and then Boris just says time out and we're. Uh, Back to being um, locked up again. It's just terrible, but uh, obviously, I don't know if Sam's realised we've got scoring the players on the top uh, banner, but oh. um, but we can do scoring the Try players if you that. really want to. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you've got any questions for Fumby or myself and Sam throughout this uh, show, we've got we're going to talk about Fumby's career, we're going to talk about Newcastle, we're going to talk about the game tomorrow night, of course. Steve Bruce take over, Shake Callen taking over Derby. We've just been talking about off air as well, so. We're talking all things tonight, all Newcastle things and Fumby as well. But yeah, Fumby, you are a comedian. Everyone yes. knows that. And um, where did the love of comedy come from? Did you just have a natural talent or did you look at potential role models? How did it all come about for you? Well, it kind of started when I saw my GCSE results. 
I realized <laughs> I realized that Korean medicine was not going to happen. So <laughs> no, I kind of just stumbled. Um, I didn't want to be a comedian. I, I found if I wanted to be an engineer, but the reason why I wanted to be an engineer was because I fixed the light bulbs in the house. I figured that had to be some kind of engineer, right? <laughs> like you switched on then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. So, um, but I just kind of, yeah, I can make people laugh, and you know, you never really think you can go on stage and do it. But I actually went to drama school to do comedy acting. So, because I think I, I thought to myself, there's no way I can stand in front of a bunch of people I don't know and tell jokes. I'm just not going to do that. I'm too cool for that. But um, it, it kind of happened. I was in drama school, and then we had to do stand up, and I kind of liked it. And then I went to comedy clubs, and you try out, and you start to understand what it is. And yeah, it just took off from there, really. Sam, do you think everybody thinks they're a comedian? Everyone thinks they're funny, but it's actually the likes of Fumbi who are actually funny. Like my little <laughs> well, this, this, this is the difference. Joke was this is the it. difference. Fumbi is funny, and I think I'm funny. <laughs> There's a big, big, big difference. Um, Keith is in the comments already. Question for Fumbi. Who are your favourite comedians growing up? Who are your favourite modern-day comedians now? Wow. Um, growing up, I was a big fan um, in the 80s of Lenny Henry. I was a fan of Lenny Henry, um, Eddie Murphy. Uh, I watched the Cosby show a lot because those were the people you were around. As I got older, like in my teens, started watching comedy. I was a big fan of Richard, um, Richard Pryor, Chris yeah. Rock, Dave Chappelle. And the modern day ones, I kind of like them. Um, I like Bill Burr. I like... Um, uh, <sighs> Dave Chappelle's still there, Chris Rock, and, you know, every comedian that can touch on mic, I have a lot of respect and time for. Fantastic. Yeah. Richard, good, good. Richard, Richard Pryor, Johnny, because I know you wouldn't have seen it. Would have Richard Pryor <laughs> has the <laughs> most... That's me that, and you, Sam. Yeah, that... that he, I think he's responsible for probably the greatest stand-up show of all time. I don't even yeah. remember what the show's called, but he's, he's in that red shirt. And <laughs> you know which one I mean? Richard Pryor yeah, yeah, I've got the DVD, but yeah, yeah. Richard Pryor Live. Johnny, I'll have to lend it you if DVD, if you have a DVD player in your house. Yeah, just want to explain to him what DVD, do you, do you want to explain that as well? Just yeah, yeah, yeah. DVDs. yeah. <laughs> yes, it's a digital versatile <laughs> It's like a CD, but it has pictures. Yeah, yeah, I can, yeah. I'm, I'm old enough to remember what DVDs are, but... Okay, uh, okay, Johnny. Yeah, let, let me off, but uh, no, I think the, the thing is, though, for me, like, that first gig, where you've done your drama school, you're thinking, right, I'm ready for the big stage, I'm ready for that first gig. It doesn't matter if it's in Newcastle, Staffordshire, London, Torquay, anywhere, I suppose. But how <laughs> comedy scene big in Torquay? <laughs> I don't know, but who knows? <laughs> but how nervous were you from being that first gig? Were you thinking, am I going to get a heckle in the first two minutes when I make people laugh? What, what were you thinking? <laughs> Um, it's funny because the promoter, I spoke to him, the person who ran the show, I spoke to him the week before and he told me how it was going to work. And he had, he'd have a poet on. And after the poet, he has two experienced comics. They go to a break. He comes back on, does a little warm up and explains to the crowd, I'm a newbie. Then he brings me on. So I was comfortable with that. I get to the show. He says, he tells me one of his acts pulled out. So I have to go on first. So I said to him, what does first mean? Because you said poet to experienced comics break. Then you, then me. So what does this first change? He says, don't worry, you'll be all right. You're going to go on first. So I'm panicking because 
I had to, actually had a stomachache because <laughs> I was like, I can't do this. I can't go on stage. And then my sister said to me, look, just relax. You're fine. You'll be fine. Don't worry. If nobody laughs, I will. And I was like, you don't think that'll be a bit strange? Just only you laughing at all my jokes. But I was able to relax and just, you know, catch myself. And I went on and I learned the first rule in comedy. I said something. But I didn't have the mic to my mouth, so no one heard it. So that was the first <laughs> thing I learned. Always speaking to the mic. And it was decent, but I said I'm never doing this again. <laughs> <laughs> so what made you what made you go to the next gig? What made you is it just I got the kicked last? Out of drama school? <laughs> 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 I got kicked out of drama school, so I figured, hey, you know what? Back to the stage. <laughs> it was my last option. But literally, what is the biggest buzz when you're performing? I suppose Ooh. when it's a singer, you know, when they're performing in front of thousands, millions, and they, and they get that big break, and then they think, oh, I'm actually, I'm, I feel like I'm actually half decent at what I'm doing. Is it is it so different for comedians? Is it basically, do people enjoy what I'm talking about and how I'm telling it? Or is it something completely different? I mean, I think the, the biggest rush is when, when you have the room in, your, in the palm of your hand, and they're living off every word you're saying. And it, you can almost, it's almost like an out of body experience because to me, the room is silent. Do you see what I'm saying? Like they're, they're, in my mind, they've gone quiet because they're hearing me, but they're actually laughing. And there's just a, a sense of, um, it's just a weird feeling to see a bunch of people laughing at the word you And people, I remember I was doing a show and this guy was with his girl, and his girl was laughing so hard. He put his arm around her. Because <laughs> <laughs> she was laughing. He put his arm around her like, you don't laugh that hard when I'm telling jokes. Like, he was really intimidated by the way she was enjoying it. So it, it's that kind of feeling where you're like, you have so much control over people and they're not even aware of it. And it's it's just amazing when they when they get it. But it's, it's, it's such a rush, you know? It's like, oh my God. You know, I guess it's like scoring a 40 yarder, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. you see, you see yeah. that Haitian pool joke? That, that, that is exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> like that share goal against Everton when Amelby knocks it down and he just volleys it in. You know, like yeah. I almost jumped off my bed seeing that, you know, it's just that kind of feeling. Oh, wasn't it just take me back to them days? My God. Take us back. Take us back. No, where we could be losing 1 0 or drawing 1 1, and I still had faith that we could get this game. Yeah. <laughs> What a time to be alive that was. But uh, I'm, sh- I'm sure it's like that now for the younger generation, isn't it? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you not see, not see Papi Cissé back in the day? <laughs> yeah. He loved a last-minute winner, didn't he, did Papi? I remember. Who was it again? Was it against Fulham where he just absolutely jumped into his the debut. crowd? Yes. Fulham as well, his yeah. Debut, his debut, he just smashed in the volley for us. Yeah. You know what? Let me get this in. <laughs> yeah then he scored like what 13 goals before the end of that season oh my god I thought yeah. we'd sign God on a cold Tuesday night in Stoke Sam that's the pro- that's the question hey Denver Bar could yeah. <laughs> and he did against Man United last night as well didn't he 35 you know, 36 years old you know what? He when he got to the edge of the box and thought I can't go another two yards, man. I'm going to have to come. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It was. I was happy for him, you know. I, I didn't like the yeah. way he left us, but I was happy for him, man. You know, it's been a tough time since. Oh, I, well, oh, we've got more questions coming in. John is in the comments. 
Fumby, have you thought about doing YouTube videos whilst in lockdown? Well, if you uh, go on a little YouTube channel called Geordie's Down South, I believe, isn't it? You're on live streams with our uh, good friend Fordy, but uh, I think John's referring to more comedy-based stand-up shows. Do, do you, you don't see much of it on YouTube during lockdown. Is there a reason for that? Have you thought about doing it just to keep you ent um, yourself entertained? I mean, you know, you do. I, I was doing, like, videos post-lockdown and putting on my Instagram little stuff that I do. But um, I will have some videos on my YouTube channel, which is just my name. Just type in my name and my YouTube channel comes up. So I will be posting some videos. Just see how I feel. I mean, it's really tricky because i got some skit ideas that I wanted to do. But it's tricky because, you know, getting people together and you don't want people to think it's a gathering and you're taking the mick out of the lockdown. So it's just discussing with people how to get that going. But everyone, I think everyone now is just kind of like, you know what, the first lockdown, we enjoyed the videos and the verses and whatever was going on. This one, everyone's like, is Christmas coming or not? Let's just forget <laughs> that. You know, I feel like they're fanning, up, they're fanning us up for the kill. Like, they're just going to tell us Christmas is over, like, in a random day, and we can't even react to it, you know? <laughs> yeah, fur furloughs extended, everything's fine, but I'm sure Christmas will be together then, bang, in a few weeks, you watch. Christmas yeah. is cancelled, stay at home again. But... Um, <laughs> Did did you have like um like tour dates and and festival appearances and like did you have an Edinburgh show that, that all had to well, go out? The the whole, I had the whole works. Um, like you know, I literally before I'd come before lockdown, I'd just come back from Dubai from doing shows. So like, so two, I, did, I, I did. It was it was it was it, we, I did shows out there, but it was we just come back. And we were really panicking because I didn't want to get stuck in Dubai because it started really picking up that lockdown was going to happen. And two days after I come back, full lockdown. So I had not, I hadn't performed in like six months because all the shows kept on going, getting cancelled. So yeah, it's been um, it's been a loss of a lot of of work. But um, have, you, have you done the government's retraining uh, thing? <laughs> oh, oh, we've done. Oh. I've done everything the government's had to offer. <laughs> I'm on the government website daily, you know? <laughs> no, I, I just like I just like little quotes. Oh, yeah, just do some work in Dubai. Like, it's completely normal. Like, you can just do shows in Dubai and just, you know... It is he, was, he was out there. He was out there, like, kind of looking for shakes to buy, to buy new Newcastle out. That's what he was it's doing. It's so funny it's because... Out. It's Dubai, but you don't perform to the locals. You perform to like expats, you know, people who have left England to for free tax. And so, um, <laughs> so you know, they they want their comedy shows. So you know, you go out there and you know, you, you perform. It's it's quite fun. It's quite fun. And plus, Dubai is amazing. So yeah, I'd love, I'd love to go. I'd love to go. But uh, no, I suppose when you get all those gigs in from me, you can like I don't know, get a swimming pool in your house and maybe heat it up. Of when course, you go to, uh... like Sam. <clears throat> <laughs> you should see the size of my garden you can't even shake a cat out there which is just as well because i've got a cat but still it's, it's tiny it's absolutely tiny but yeah dubai what was what's dubai like as an experience um it's like i, I mean i don't know if you're familiar with london but it's like a, a never-ending knightsbridge just beauty wherever you see it like left right and I said to them that you can't be in a bad mood in this country. There's just no way. You wake up and it's just a great day. Like whether you like it or not, it's a great. You can't deny that it looks great out there. You just can't because it does. Everything looks great. Everything looks amazing. So it's just a really. It, you can live fake. You can be a fake person out there because everything is just amazing. 
Fantastic. Um, if anyone hasn't watched your comedy before from me, how would you describe yourself? Because you get one-liners. Like I can think of someone like Stuart Francis, who's just a one-liner. Right. Just or you've got your storytellers. How would you describe yourself in terms of, of say, no one has ever watched you before in their life? I'm more in the storytelling category because, um, <clears throat> you know, my parents are Nigerian, so I was born in England to Nigerian parents, and I lived in Nigeria for like six years. So I got a, the, I call it the best of both worlds. So I've got that that um, that dynamic that thing going on, and I talk about the experiences of just being a first generation Brit and what comes with that. You know, I talk about you know just growing up in Hackney and my parents and my experiences and just you know things I go through. I talk about supporting Newcastle, you know, and so yeah, it's it's just whatever goes on in my life. I tell stories about it, try and find the funny. I, th I think it's quite interesting, Sam, because obviously you've talked about the comedians that you like, the certain comedians that are like that are so different and very different yeah. in terms of how they tell a joke. But I think the one thing, Sam, is that they've all got confidence and that has to be shown in the highest of highs because one tiny little heckle and you've got to make sure, right, how are we going to get back into the game? But Sam, in your yeah. experience of watching comedians and maybe uh, maybe watching Fumbi as well, how do you think they should deal with it before I yeah. ask Fumbi about how they should do, how they normally this, deal with it? Yeah, this is the thing that's always kind of interested me. Because some people like to ignore it. I mean, and some people like Jimmy Carr just tend to actually face it head on and then attack the person's mum mainly. Um, how, how do you cope with it, Fumbid? And have you, what's the kind of the stupidest slash worst heckle you've ever got? You know, what? <laughs> it's funny because um, you're right. The the, the, the go-to is always your mum or shag your mum, and that, that always gets a great way. But a lot of but sometimes people do it with. With, with great skill um the common the common people misunderstand heckling and because they see clips of it and so they think when a comic puts a heckler down <clears throat> it's great skill but you have to understand it's it's just a moment sometimes you can actually have something witty to say and sometimes you literally have nothing to say you know it's actually the heckle has given you nothing it's just kind of throwing you off your game and so if you're an experienced comic you just have to know how to react to the moment as opposed to what the general rule knocking down the heckler is so if there's a heckler in the audience <clears throat> i remember what i do is if it's a predominantly white room what i do is if someone's heckling i'll just say in a soft voice sorry you know it's racist to talk to one of black men's on stage <laughs> it's bullshit <laughs> but the whole room's like oh shit oh my god no one's talking for the next 10 minutes <laughs> it goes really bad sometimes because now they're scared to laugh yeah, <laughs> I was joking. It's not true. And I always say I was joking. It's not true. So then they laugh and they relax a bit. But that's just the way because I don't want to deal with it. You know, especially I have nothing witty to say because sometimes if you try and challenge a heckler, the heckler has no pressure here. You're the star. You know, it's like if you not make messy, you're god. They can win <laughs> ten nil. I'm not make messy though. Did you see that clip? That's what you're gonna hold on to. But Messi's still a better player, but he got nutmeg by, by an idiot, you know? <laughs> and that's the problem with trying to battle a heckler. Anything he says that's half decent is going to get the whole room crowd screaming because it's like, ooh, he's not supposed to be that talented. Whereas you, you're going to be judged at a higher standard because we thought you were funny, you know? So it's all about the moment and just reading the situation. Don't just dive in because you can end up with egg on your face, you know? Just relax. How long have you been doing comedy for, Fumbi? Because is it is it something that you've had to work on in time and develop 
obviously the stories that you've had to try and make sure you can create and those your life experiences as you've mentioned growing up how long has it taken you to kind of be comfortable and how long have you actually been doing the comedian uh, the comedian uh, gig for um, i've been doing it for like 16 years now and so um it's so interesting when you say has it taken the time to develop when i first started a, 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 a more experienced comic said to me it takes you about 10 years to find your voice I was like, I ain't got no time for 10 years. I'm going to start boring you too. <laughs> 10 years? Why should we get that voice in three? You know, and it's because of the, you're so cocky when you start something. It's like if you come into the league, you think like your pace is going to matter to an experienced person like, you know, Matic, you can just know it's have to slow you down. And so it, it took a while <laughs> to understand the skill of being a comedian, the effort it takes. Um, Last year, I did 53 new material nights. And because everybody has to understand, to do a show, a really good show, you need to practice. Like football, you, you have to go to training. Training's boring. It's not fun. People are not laughing. And new material nights is where you learn how to write the material. And you can go into a pub with seven people. And you have to make them laugh as if they were 300. And you're trying out new jokes. And they're not laughing. But you have to, like you said, just battle through it. And it took all of those nights to get you to become a skilled comic. So when you go into a main room where someone might see you for the first time, they think you're amazing because they don't see this nights you've been putting in. And so, yeah, it, it takes a long time and a long grind. When you see a Dave Chappelle, it's because he's, he's messy, you know? He's in training. He loves it, you know? I always say, the thing about Messi and Ronaldo is they're amazingly gifted players, but they like training too. It's like, how do you beat that, you know? Someone that likes to work. So, yeah, it takes a long time to get that going, to get that skill going. I think, Sam, as well, it's that hard work and determination that Fundy mentions. And you've got to just, you've got to create that masterpiece of your hard work because if you don't, then you've got nothing to fall back on. Well, no. do, you have, do you have, like, a, a kind of golden goal to, to kind of reach to? This is what you want to, what you're working on to achieve? Or is it to get on... <laughs> a certain t uh, TV show or is it to sell out a certain venue? Do you have, like, is that something that drives you? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to write stories now better for, like, a sitcom, like, a, and short stories to go up to movies because I want to write more because writing is, is, is really, is if you can create something, write characters and you can tell deeper stories and show depth to, you know, the things you think about. And also the stand-up as well. I want to get the stand-up to where I'm doing bigger tours and maybe a, a Netflix special. That's what I'm working on. I'm trying to get that Netflix tag. But, um, <laughs> yeah, just that and create, you know, good a good sitcom. I would love to do – that's something I'm trying to work on, trying to work towards. And that's why lockdown is going to be amazing for me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to say lockdown will be good. I know you've had, obviously, we've all had four or five months where we haven't really worked at all. Unless yeah. you're in that certain sector like the NHS, for example, who have done amazing work. But you have to look at maybe, I know I've spoken to other creators on YouTube who are basically going, right, these are all my ideas for 2021 and getting ready for that year, basically. Yeah. Six months early. Have you had to yeah. kind of do something similar, Fumbi? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Just think ahead of, um, because this is going to pass, right? And so the people who will survive are the ones who have a clear picture of what happened and what's what the future holds. And that's where comedy is going to be. People are going to want to, you know, listen back to, what well, 2020, what a year, you know? And if you can come with some gold and some good comedy around that and how it affected you personally and the world, you know, how in a weird sense, we're so close together now because 
was all just following these weird rules. It's okay, 10 o'clock, guys, sorry, just go home. Okay, 10 o'clock, we'll just go home. All right, sorry, guys, you just can't leave the house again. Okay, well, guess what? I'm now, you know, we're all in this, this world together now. And it's like we see ourselves more than if this didn't happen. Yeah, for sure. I think it's just very, very, very strange. But have you ever get a chance to uh, get your tour back up and running there from people? Get yourself to Newcastle. It's a wonderful Oh, I've performed in Newcastle, which is crazy. I've not performed in what? Newcastle. I know, right? Not performed there. There's a club there, Tiger Tiger, I think. They have a comedy night there, but I've yeah. not performed in Newcastle, man. And I need to. I need, I want to do that. That's yeah, one thing. Good night, Newcastle. Newcastle. I mean, Newcastle. You haven't played Newcastle, but have you ever played the Stafford Gatehouse? That's where the real money is made. The Stafford, what? Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm not playing the Stafford Gatehouse, no. <laughs> you should. It's good. I will. After lockdown, I'm coming up to Newcastle. You need to, because I was just going to talk about the Newcastle kind of comedy scene, because there's the, I think it's called The Stand in Newcastle. Yeah. Obviously, I know you talked about Tiger Tiger before, but I've been to the, uh, the Stand, and they've got, like, local comedians. I've had comedians from, like, London, Manchester, yeah, yeah. wherever. And honestly, it's 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 quite it's fascinating to watch, because the first time I went there, me and my mates went down to, to the stand and we were running late. And that only means one, that's like bad news, front row seats. I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, this is going to be tough. Yeah, I might get picked out, yeah. Fortunately, <laughs> friend had like a short sleeve t-shirt on and it had like a tattoo of a guitar. And literally this comedian just hammered him for that. For like, for like, literally, I just got to, where do you, uh, where are you from? That's all I got from him. I was just like, oh, North Shields. And that was it. <laughs> uh, so I was quite lucky that day. But yeah. I think get yourself to Newcastle for me. Get a get a good night out in you. And yeah, yeah, do, definitely. Do, do, do your gig. Perfect. Be perfect yeah, for yeah, 2021. Yeah. Absolutely. That's the goal, man. Hopefully there'll be a home game that weekend too. Exactly. Exactly. Perfect weekend. Sam, you have to come along for the crack as well. Of course. I'll be there. I'll be there. Whenever uh, we're allowed to go back into stadiums, I'll be I'll be there, you bet. Yeah, for sure. Right, let's talk about all things Newcastle United. Fumby, how does a lad that has lived in London all his life end up supporting the mighty, the fantastic, the, mighty. the great Newcastle United Football Club? How did it all start? You know what? When you know when you're younger, I was I was a Tottenham fan because my brother and my dad supported Tottenham, but I didn't have a love for football itself. I was just following what the older men did. And then when I moved to Nigeria and I moved back to London, Shera just lit up the Euros. And so I was really interested in this guy called Shera. And then he signed 15 million to Newcastle, which was the most expensive transfer fee of all time at the, at the, at the time. 15 million now, I probably can't even get you a, a, a school kid. I don't know. It's just different times now. But that was the big price tag then. And so I came, to, I came back to London and Newcastle were flying, man. We had Esprilia, Ginola. We had so many top players. And it was just an attractive team. And I just started following them. And I just fell in love with the team. And since then, I've been a Newcastle fan. I knew it was real when we first got relegated. And I wanted to know how I'd feel. And I remember I watched our first game in the championship against West Brom. And we were losing. And we equalised. And I screamed so loud. And I was like, yeah, I still love the team. <laughs> <laughs> a true supporter, Sam, isn't it? That's where, that's yeah. where you've got the tough times. And like we say, we got relegated to the championship, which... Hadn't happened for me. I hadn't seen Newcastle anything other nope. than the Premier League in my lifetime at that point. And it just shows that, you know, we're not just going to be there for the Premier League, right? You're going to be there when we play the likes of Scunthorpe and Barnsley and Rotherham on a, on a Tuesday night when you're freezing. Well, this is it as well, because 
that season in particular, there was a real fear there of, are we going to do a Leeds and just completely fall off the face of the earth? And a Southampton, they went into League One for a bit. Sunderland, where are they now? <laughs> yeah, there, was, there, was, there was a real fear there, but I'm same generation of fans as, as Fumley. That that team was just out of this world and just so inspiring to watch. What do you think of the uh, current team and how inspiring the youthful generation will be from a Steve Bruce team? It's you know it's funny. I never thought of it like that. Like. Because I fell in love with what I was watching and Newcastle always in the headlines and the top because of the players we had and how we played our football. Now I look back and now you look at the team we have now and you're like, which kid is thinking, man, I just want to support Newcastle, you know? I never really thought of that. Um, I think the current squad, I think this is the best squad we've had in years in terms of talent. Um, the issue, I, that I guess the feeling is, can Steve Bruce get the best out of this team? Um, and that is yet to be seen. But the, the, the players we have now, Frazier came on on the weekend and tore the team apart. And yeah. he came on for us. Two years ago, they've been actually coming on. You know? <laughs> so you've got, yeah, you've got to be like, you know what? If we can bring on Frazier and change the game, we're doing all right. And so we, there's a talent in this team, man. There's a talent there. We just need the right management to get it out of them. Is Steve Bruce the right man, in your opinion, from me to take Newcastle forward? Or do you think maybe if Newcastle don't say, let's say, for example, Newcastle finished 13th again, we don't do much better in the cup competitions, but Newcastle are safe and it's fine and it's really, really comfortable this season. Would you be willing to give Steve Bruce another chance? Or do you think that maybe we should get a new man in at the end of the season, potentially? Steve Bruce is definitely not the man <laughs> to take that team any minute. We need a manager with a name we can't pronounce. That's the kind of manager <laughs> that's going to take this team to the glory days, okay? All Steve Bruce is going to do his best to keep us there, and then he's going to say it's a work in progress. There's no ideas in this man, you know? You know, you can tell a, man you can tell a manager's ideas. You can tell Ancelotti's ideas with Everton. We're not far off of an Everton. If Ancelotti had us, I'd be the cockiest person in the world. <laughs> every game I'm expecting three points at least because I know we have a manager who's going to play the opposition he's facing whereas Steve Bruce I just feel like he's putting these players on and hoping for the best I don't see a clear understanding or plan of what he's trying to do Do you think yeah. that he recruited well though Fumbi I'll, I'll let you come in as well uh, uh, this one as well Sam but do you think he recruited well in the summer with what, a limited budget £35 million pounds? Absolutely. The players we got, Callum Wilson, Ryan Fraser for free. For free. And Jamal Lewis, a talent. We signed a talent. How often do we say we signed a talent? You know, so he recruited amazingly. I was shocked. And we were excited. My only concern is can you get the best out of them? This is the best uh Jamal Lewis, that was the best game he's played under Bruce. Like he was actually getting forward, played in this, you know, a nice passing. And I want to see more of that. Before it was looking like, oh my god. He's, has he lost confidence? So we need to we need Bruce to get the best out of the team. You know, if he can do that, I'll back him. But I just don't see how he's going to do it. That ball from Lewis as well uh, to Fraser for the for the second goal on Sunday. Oh, more of that, Ooh. please. More of more that. Of that. Yeah. yeah, But I think as well, I've said it before on the channel that takeover or no takeover, you sign Callum Wilson, Jamal Lewis, Ryan Fraser. That's good business. 
that's proper business. All right, with a takeover, we probably would have signed a few more, wouldn't we? But a, a year ago, two years ago, Ryan Fraser would have cost you thirty-five million, easy, easy. And now he's in a black and white shirt on sitting on the bench for free. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> what can you do? That's a separate issue. Do you have um, much hope uh, for the cup this year? From because we're in the quarterfinal, aren't we, of the Carabao? That's just before Christmas, and then three days later, we've got the traditional Christmas games of Man City and Liverpool, which forget. Is is Brentford the real big game around Christmas time for us? But prior to the Brentford game, we have a run of games that can secure our fate for the Premier League. We've got West Brom, Fulham, all the teams in that bottom region, we've got them back-to-back. And if we don't step on all their necks, I'm going to be upset. Like, I don't want us to lose any of those games. So we have an opportunity there. The Brentford game, we should impose ourselves, simply because they've lost their star player. And I don't mind losing. I really don't. What I don't don't like is if we lose because – we gave, we just sat there and just said, yeah, we 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 just weren't as good as they are. Like this Man City FA Cup game last season, I really felt we had an opportunity. It just been back from lockdown. No one's on any real form, but we just sat there and let them play. Why? Like, just go at them. If we go out to City, no one's gonna be like Newcastle lost to City. Everyone expects us to lose, you know. So I just want us to, if we're going to Brentford, we should knock them out. When we get to the bigger teams, because there's there's a few big teams there. Just play them. Just play them. If we lose, we lose. But we can't do that whole sit back thing and wait for seventy yard run counter from St. Maximum. It can't it can't work for ninety minutes. Yeah, we've got the players to do that now as well this season, haven't yeah. we? It wasn't like last season where you're just praying for one swift counter attack which got us out of jail how many times last season? Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. But there's actually some real talent in the attacking third, which for the first time since all right, we had a little bit of it with Rondon, but before then, since probably since uh, Bar and Cissé, what do you think, Johnny? Um, I do agree with, with the fact that we've actually do look a threat on the counter-attack. I think the formation that Steve Bruce is playing is very interesting. I actually like the formation. I know you've disagreed with it before, Sam, with uh, you think it's a 4-2-3-1 team, but and I, yes, I do feel that we tried that last year, but obviously with, without the personnel of a Callum Wilson, Ryan Fraser, etc. So it might be interesting to see how that works in the future, but I would sacrifice a defeat to Manchester City 100% for us to beat Brentford. Where I'm, I'm, I'm totally fine with Man City beating us four or five if we get the Brentford win. Because the thing, the difference this year with the League Cup, normally the semi-finals get played over two legs. It's not happening this year because of COVID. It's one leg, one game. Newcastle could defend for 90 minutes against the Man City, Spurs, Arsenal, Man United, teams that are left in it and potentially nick it on penalties. And you're in a League Cup final. Newcastle have been a a final since two, uh, 1999 in the FA Cup. So that is a massive possibility. Now, on paper, we were looking at Stoke or Brentford in the draw. We're thinking, can we get Stoke or Brentford? Look, we've got Brentford. This is a real big possibility. Play your best team. Sacrifice the Man City. Play the kids against Man City if you have to. Honestly, I do not Jones care. If hat- I do not care if Kevin De Bruyne gets a hat-trick of assists and Newcastle get beat 5-0. Don't care. Good, because you might not have a choice. I know. I might not have to, but I will I will sacrifice my boxing day being spoiled for that. But it's it's really fascinating. Look, this team, this team can go places. I've said this before, and I, I, I do think that um, Steve Bruce has a challenge now. Newcastle <laughs> on 11 points. 10 points or so already clear. 
maybe nine points now or something like that, clear mm-hmm. of the bottom three. I don't expect Newcastle to be anywhere lower than 14th or 15th this season. Focus mm. on getting those points, like Fumby says, in the middle of December. Let's see what we have next to say 20 points, or I don't know, maybe just shy of 20 points. Then Newcastle should be okay, in my opinion, because the mm. halfway point is not till January, really. So, mm-hmm. because of everything that's going on. So, it's it's fascinating to say the least. But I think one thing I'd like to ask you about Fumby is Alan St. Maxwell, because we've mentioned uh, his particular role in the team now. It's more of a central role. Now, I don't think it works with him just off Fraser in a central role. I think the best you get out of Alan St. Maxim is either on the left or the right. Sam may disagree slightly. I think you've said before, Sam, you prefer him on the left. Is that right? Or uh... Uh, Well, I, I preferred him because he, he, he had a nice relationship going with Mankio at the back end of last season. But I kind of prefer him on the right-hand side because then at least you can, you can play Fraser on the left or you can even play Miggy on the left if you have to. Mm-hmm. But... It, it's six one half a dozen of the other. They, them them wingers should be interchangeable. They that they should have the quality to 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 play on the left for ten minutes and then play on the right for another ten. It, it, it shouldn't make a difference, in my opinion. Yeah. Do you where do you come on this, uh, Fumby? The Alan St. Maxman conundrum. Do you think he's better centrally, better on the wing? Does this formation suit <laughs> him personally at the minute? I think the, the I think the, the the issue is ASM means, means coaching in a sense where. It's all good to have the skills and the running at the ball, but the understanding of a football game is way more important. If you watch Frazier's um, introduction against Everton, in seconds, did you see that run he did? He peeled off the guy in seconds. He didn't even see him, and he was in front of him. It's direct. It's thoughtful. There's no stepovers involved. Crosses the ball and we get another goal. He did another run where he tried to square it to um, Alma run, but just hit it a bit too hard. Or I can't remember it was on the other side. That's what that that's where we need ASM to be useful. So what Steve Bruce has to do is figure out a way where we don't need ASM. I don't really need him running from the back four, dribbling twenty players. Okay, yeah, it's great for you know the YouTube compilation, but I need results. Do you know what I mean? So find a way where we can utilize him so that. When we do get on the counter, he's already halfway through, so he doesn't have to burn his body just to get to the other end. And we don't have, we can't rely on just one player. There's a whole team there. We've got Miggy, Fraser, and ASM. It should, it should be, it should be a guessing game for the other team on who's gonna, who they're gonna let loose first. You know, so to utilize those, those to ASM, figure out a way where we can, yeah, he can do the steals, great. But if we can utilize that in the last third, as opposed to just running the whole pitch, we'll get more out of him. And that's why he gets burnt out so much because he does too much running, man. We can't, we don't need him to run the whole game. It's like Chirori for Wolves, you know, you run the whole pitch, but there's no end product. The thing is, as well, there's at least two occurrences in every game where ASM kind of pulls up and you think, oh, shit, he's injured. No, no. And then you kind of, and then he just trots back on like nothing, nothing has ever happened and and life is good again. But do you not think there should be times this season for me where, he shouldn't even be in the side. We've got enough strength in depth now where he doesn't need to be in the team every 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 game. Last game, when Fraser, I'm, I, I need Fraser to play. I need him to play. I saw him play for Scotland the game before. I think we played Man United. I can't, yeah, with Man United. I thought he's definitely going to start him because he was on fire for Scotland. And he's such a forward-thinking player. And he's so direct. And, you know, he has more Premier League experience than ASM. So this is just another day for him. Whereas this is um, ASM's second season with us. And what we're, we're relying on his skills too much to win a game. 
Whereas we don't really need all of that to win a game. We've got enough on the pitch. You know, we've we got Callum Wilson, who's hungry. He smells the goal. So just feed him, you know. We don't need him to dribble 64 people and take a 40-yard shot because you can't do that every game. It's not sustainable. Of course. How unfortunate Fumby was Callum Wilson not to get an England call up when you look at, like, so say, a Tammy Abraham, for example, who hasn't, I think, has only scored one Premier League goal. Callum Wilson scored six, same as Patrick Bamford. He didn't get a mention either. But from a Newcastle point of view, is it probably a good thing that Callum Wilson didn't get an England oh. call? Up? <laughs> oh, yeah. We yeah. Keep fit? yeah, yeah. We've only got Andy Carroll as backup. We can't allow, we can't risk. Let him have a two week break, get those legs nice and warm and fresh. Take your anger out on um, I think who got next Chelsea. Take your anger out on them if you're if you're really mad. You know what? You know what? Callum, prove to Southgate you need to be in the team by yeah. doing that. Score seven goals in Newcastle. <laughs> next seven again. And you'll be back in that team he's six in seven. When's the last time you could mention the Newcastle striker got six in seven games? <sighs> Probably Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday, what we're on about before. But I, this right. is I, I I put a tweet out earlier today after that squad got announced. And I was like, what's going to happen first? Gareth Southgate is going to recognise an English Newcastle player or Donald Trump is going to admit defeat. What's going to happen first? Because none yeah, of them seem likely. To, to be fair, um, if, 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 even if I'm just judging on talent alone, uh, Callum Wilson gets the note over Tammy. I don't think Tammy would have got six and seven for us by now. I don't think if we had signed him. I don't think so. Um, Callum's desire for goal... Is just amazing, you know, and he's just getting started, man. He's still just figuring it out, you know. I, I, and he, he needs to work on that burst of pace from the right where he gets in behind the defender. He got that against Wolves and he got blocked. Did the same thing against Everton and he just hit the cross, just skimmed the crossbar. So he's just getting started, but you know, his positioning is great. He he he's, he, he sees the goal, you know. He knows he knows he has to score, and, and I just like that about him, you know. Yeah, I think I think he's been an absolutely brilliant signing off there. Obviously, with Joe Litton last year, I just think oh it's, my God. Really, it's honestly chalk. 20 cheese. million. Yeah. 20 Money million. Well spent. Money well you know, spent. And Joe Linton was 40, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, and I'm telling you, every goal Callum Wilson scored this season, bar the penalties, Joe Linton doesn't get them because he doesn't get in those positions. Absolutely, exactly. Yeah. You know? That makes the but that's always been my biggest gripe with Joe Linton was his positional play. It's not that centre forward. He doesn't have that killer instinct. No. I remember when we had Supermac on the channel, he was just like, "Find yourself another position to play in, son. You just you just aren't a striker. You, there's no. goal scorers, no goal scorers, and yeah, they just it, Joe Linton he might still turn out to be a half decent player on the left hand side, but. Will he ever be a forty million player for me? <laughs> I mean, look at look at Dwight Gale, man. When he came on for us a couple of games, those are the Dwight Gale's a striker. No matter what you say about him, he might not be the highest Premier League striker, but he gets his goals, and you can see it in him. Jonathan doesn't. He just doesn't give you that feel. You know, he just doesn't give you that. You know, there's no look at Danny Ings. You know, there's no team in the Premier League thinking, "Oh man, they got Jonathan up front." Defenders must be licking their lips when we start him. But Callum right. Wilson, you don't want that. I said to you on a, one of 40's um, streams, and I'm going to talk about 40 in a, in a second. But um, I said to I said to you, so I think it was you, Pete, and 40 on the on the stream. Do you think would you take 10 million for Joe Linton right now? And you were like, 10 million? I'd drive him up there. Oh, oh, lockdown or no lockdown? I'm driving <laughs> wherever. 
Yeah, I, I paid, shout out to the man. <laughs> yeah, I said you can have him for free. Don't 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 let anybody else suffer what we had to suffer. Okay, <laughs> no, I, we we don't need him. We, we it's amazing that we actually bounced back from that window. If you think about it, because forty million on a player who doesn't materialize can turn anybody off. I was really worried, but we got some really good recruitments. Hendricks is 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 um, you know, we we don't understand what, what the relationship is just yet. But yeah. he's looking, so I, I'd like to see him come out the team, you know, and put more of a. Sh- I want Longstaff to get back in his groove again. So, but yeah, we got we got some good stuff coming. This this was the thing, wasn't it? We signed Hendrick on a free. You think, oh, that's all right, that's that's decent because we're all expecting him. Yes, yeah, squad player backup rotation. That's what right. <laughs> he started every game. <laughs> What's going on? It's different Change, positions too, like, the squad. Change it up a bit. Like, you know, yeah. You know he's going to be in the team again tomorrow, don't you? You can see it happening. Hey, Hayden is back, so I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm all right. You know what? It's so amazing to say that. We brought Hayden and Frazier in the game against Everton. That's yeah. the depth we have now, you know? So, yeah, there's a this team is... It's, there's this potential to build on here, definitely. You know, it's just if we have a forward-thinking um, um, chairman and and a, and, a, and a talented manager. Of course. Um, two quick questions for you, uh, Fumbi, before we wrap things up. Prediction for tomorrow? Man, they've got Danny Ings missing. <laughs> Sorry, missing. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I know is this: no set pieces. <laughs> we can't give them corners. I don't even want throw-ins. Okay, whatever we can do, and if you're going to foul them. Nowhere near the box. Nowhere near the box. Because World Prowse is an issue. We have to deal with that. We really have to be wary of the set pieces we give them. But if we can, I, I reckon we can get 2-1. I reckon a 2-1. We beat them. Did we beat them there last year or did it, it was our ground? No, it was last year. We, beat, we did the double over there last year. Right. And we were in a goal down, if you remember. And I thought, we're going to get torn apart. But we just rose to the occasion. So hopefully this season, I, I think we're, we're in good form. Um, so yeah, 2-1 Newcastle. Sam? Uh, yeah, just to echo what Fumby said, set, set pieces. We, we're horrendous at defending set pieces on a good day. So, yeah, nowhere near the box. Don't let them put the ball in. Just don't. Just just, just don't. It's, it's going to be pretty ugly. if Because um, that, in, in essence, should be their only way of getting a goal. <laughs> Because things oh, you've just you've just honestly you've just ruined it because tomorrow they're going to score something that they've never scored in about six months. If they do, they do. But our defense yeah. should be yeah. able to take care yeah. Yeah. of likes of Shea Adams, your Shane Long to this world. Yeah. They should be yeah. coping with them, especially if we play the system that he has the past two games. So I'm hopeful for a draw at least. I'll 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 say that. I, I I mean, but every time we've won so far this season, we think, oh, we're going somewhere now. It's good. And then we follow it up by an absolute car crash. So <laughs> that's my fear. Yeah. So yeah, I'm hopeful for a draw at, at least. I'm going one one tomorrow. I think a point's still a good point away from home and uh, yep. yeah. Yeah. I think so having in good form if people got to remember that they've just come off a couple of couple of good wins as well against Evan and Aston Villa and then obviously that draw at Stamford Bridge is a very, very good point to say the least. Um, my last question from me really is about the connection that you have with Pete and Fordy. Um, yes. And that you do with Fordy's channel. I had to get it in at some point before because I think Fordy would tell me off otherwise. But um, 
three, all three of us all bring something different to the table in particular. I know there's, there's been others that have been on the channel as well, but you three are probably the most uh, consistent that are on the channel. Well, obviously, Forward, being Forward, each channel is going to be on there. But yourself and Peter, it's it's really, really fascinating, actually, because, none, like I said, even Sam as well, he's not, they're not, you're not from Newcastle, and people always say, oh, well, if you're not from Newcastle, you don't know what it means. But all four of you, all together, have all had different opinions on Newcastle and all very valid opinions on Newcastle. And how does it all work on Forley's show? Do you enjoy it? Do you, I don't know, how, do you have that, the, the banter? Do you have the camaraderie off screen as well? And is that passion for Newcastle just like a massive flame when you're talking about it for the hour or so? You know what? It happened in lockdown when the takeover thing started. A friend of mine is a comedian introduced me to 40 and so we did a zoom thing but i didn't see him so he just messaged me after saying listen do you want to come on my show and i said yeah cool you know it was locked and i had nothing to do so i was like i'll just do that and that's how i met pete as well and they're the coolest dudes man it, it was it's just always was it was so nice for me to be able to actually talk to somebody about newcastle where i wasn't getting abused you know they actually cared about the things i cared about they understood the ups and the downs and the potentials in the teams and if we lost i got some people to vent with if we won i got people to get gassed with you know just talk about how we're the next brazil and hey barcelona better watch out for them you know just i told them we were gonna sign kai havoc during the day <laughs> <laughs> and so it's, it's so much fun i got i got so much love for those two p is the is the analysis you know he gets the stats and he talks about, you know, everything and breaks it all down. Ford is just the host, you know, he just does his he does his thing and tries to stir. he gets gas when we win and when we lose, he looks like he's just been shot. <laughs> so it's a, it's, a, it's a good dynamic and have loads of fun doing it and yeah, we're probably going to be doing another one before the show, to, uh, before the game tomorrow, but yeah, it's always a pleasure doing it with them guys, man. Jordy's down south. Exactly, make sure you give that a subscribe as well, Jordy's down south. I'm sure Ford will be banging that drum as well on his Twitter tomorrow for <laughs> Southampton versus Newcastle. But Fumby, it has been an absolute pleasure having I'm you on for the last, 40, last 45 minutes, 15 minutes or so. Uh, Sam, I think you, non Geordies, love just love Newcastle just as much as we do, don't you? Well, this is it. It's a lonely place at times when you're, you're not in the tune. So it, it's nice to have these uh, venting sessions every now and again, isn't it? It's nice to get it off your chest. Of course, and this uh, show will be made available to a podcast. We have a new one every Tuesday, and yeah, we're going to keep on going until Christmas. We've got a Christmas special lined up as well, so make sure that you give very us much a five star review. Well. Very much still need planning. I better be on the Christmas list, man. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. If, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, the Christmas show because at the moment, the Christmas show, man. If it's just before the game, I'm going to give us all the gas we need. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, make sure you like and subscribe to Newcastle Fans TV. Actually, again, leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, Podomatic, every probably podcast note to man. I think that yeah. our Greenwood and Mulder show is on as well. So, yeah, a big thanks again to Fumby. Fumby, hope you have a great weekend with Newcastle winning. Me and Sam will be with Newcastle Fans TV over the weekend, of course. And until next time, we'll see you all very, very soon. Thank you, guys.